and we're live. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Vlogcast comes from a skeptical point of view to answer some of the questions of why. This vlogcast started as a combination of spite and the Streisand defect because of stuff that's going to be showing up in the five-minute freestyle opening tonight. And part of this is to follow through with the old adage that sometimes the journey is more important than the destination. I'm your main host. I'm known as Shujin Tribble. You can pretty well find me everywhere under that name. That's S-H-U-J-I-N. Hi. Introduce you to what we have currently. Uh, that'll be changing momentarily. Midwest of the U.S., Bridget, good evening. Good evening. And just a little bit over to the right to the East Coast, Unrenowned Tech, good morning. Good morning. You know, I, I, I doubted it, but I tried it and it worked. Mm. Mixing uh, chocolate milk just using a single uh, chopstick actually worked. Well, oh, so what wouldn't? Well, it's it's a round, thin stick, you know. Mm. I wouldn't think it would move that much liquid that well. Whereas, you know, like a blender, you've got lots of them, or you have a spoon which has a very wide surface area. Um. So, so again, it was just layman thinking and i was pleasantly surprised have you ever tried a string trimmer mm, what yeah have you ever tried a string trimmer outside weed whacker yeah yes but that moves an ex I, I can't move a chopstick that fast gives a whole new meaning to that, that would be emotion in the i don't know where i was going with that never mind i i, I mm -hmm. We're gonna we're gonna leave that one there. Hi, everybody. So yeah, this this is the this is the level of how things oh. are going right now. Hmm. Oh no, no definition of swirly. You gave it a swirly. No, you don't it used know what to be. You dunk somebody's head in the toilet and pulled the trigger. Yeah. No. That that's a no. That's different. You actually have the liquid move, and you have the thing, the the person staying in motion. You know what a swirly is, right, Shujin? I didn't in the day. I do know currently. Okay. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the show that has very erudite hosts. Let's just say I beat up the captain of my football team for trying to give me a swirly. Your football team, if I'm not mistaken. High. Okay, I was going to go with electric football tabletop, but, you know, that's fine. No, no. I actually played football in junior high. I played lacrosse in high school because I was like, I need a stick. <laughs> For the record, if you'll pardon the expression, I have my sticks. <laughs> For anybody that's wondering who are looking after the fact, I have. Believe yeah. it or not, I have drumsticks over here at my desktop, not just because I can. It's funny, the audio keeps coming out when he drums. It's okay. I know how to do that. But um, also because uh, back when I was in high school in the marching band, I remembered that we had these big-ass knuckle busters. And I don't remember if it was this size, but this was the size that I had gotten. I don't remember why. This is a 5B. I don't remember if it was 5B, if it was 2B, but the drumsticks that the snare drummers had, everybody else looked at them and said, how how do you drum with those uh, tree trunks? 
because they were so big. And let me tell you, we were good. You know, um, that's actually a really good way to disguise a magic wand. Use a drumstick. That's... Okay. It's funny you should say wand, because that's going to come up a little bit later, but uh, not not right now. So I, I was referencing the Dresden Files. The uh, Dresden Files was a wizard who worked as... Ba- he assisted a detective in uncovering magical crimes and such. And so that he could go around without being given away by, you know, just regular people who looked at his wand, it looked like he was carrying a single drumstick. And when he had his wizard staff, everybody else saw a hockey stick. That one was kind of harder to explain to the average person why he was walking around with a hockey stick. Yeah, that, that, that kind of would be. But the drumstick, it was, it was kind of a easy way out. Until you try to explain, yeah, I dropped the other one somewhere. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll find it later. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so a little bit of a surprise. Surprise! I have a new set of alcohol to try. It's not much of a surprise. Well, it, it is because I've kind of missed the last couple of weeks. So as usual, I went looking through stuff because I was looking at labels. And looking at stuff and judging the can by its cover. Uh, you, you know where I'm going on this one. So I got four cans, two bottles. And here we uh, go. Okay. So Vienna, Austrian style lager, Von Trapp. It's actually a pretty nice looking, uh, it's a short bottle. But it's uh, a can, I should say. But it's it's actually a really pretty label design. So, you know, give them props for that. Uh, the first one that got me go... No, not, it wasn't the first... Whatever. Uh, this one is from Woodcock Brothers Sky Dancer Summer Ale. And this is actually, again, it's a pretty label. You know, blue at the top, uh, orange at the bottom. You know, it looks like the sun's setting. It's a really nice label. I figured, okay, you know, that's that's kind of cool. From the nice folks over there at um, Three Head, I think is what it was. Yeah. Tangerine Orange Sour Ale called Creamsicle. But again, you know, the, the label looks like it's got, you know, stylized creamsicles on it. You know, mm-hmm. like you'd expect something out of like a 70s ad campaign. And this is the one... Where uh, I'm looking at it, I'm just like, okay, this is too good. St. Bernardus. And I'm assuming it's pronounced Vit, because it's W-I-T. But, you know, uh, Belgian family brewers. So I'm I'm going with the German pronunciation. They say, I think it is. The classic Belgian. It says Wit, but I'm uh, assuming it's Vit. I don't know. For glass, we have Shock Top Belgian White, and this one's got a, a, a it's got a really cool looking uh, slice of orange with a mohawk on it, I guess is the best way to put that. I like it. Yeah, that's that's actually pretty cool. And the one where I'm looking at it, I'm thinking to myself, oh, no, no, I can't not. Oduls. 
another one. I remember that. I have never, uh, again, to the best of my knowledge, I have never tried this one, but I looked at it. I've heard of it. All right. So as a, as a young adult, um, I would assist my father mowing the lawn. And this was before we had rear wheel drive lawn mowers and all that stuff. And I lived on the side of a mountain. So half my hill was going down and the other half was going up. And I had a quarter acre to mow. Okay. So compared to what I have now, it was much bigger. And, um, so what would, what would happen is we'd mow together. We'd take turns mowing different sections of it. The really dangerous parts, he wouldn't let me mow because, you know, he was a good dad. Or he is a good dad. He's still here. And, um. Wants you to be able to still put your best foot forward, eh? Yeah. Uh, he, he, uh, he's he as old as he is and in shape he's in and everything else. He still looks out for us. Um, and when we were done, he had, if you've ever had a frosted beer mug, you know exactly what they look like. They're, they're designed specifically to put in the freezer. Uh, that way you don't have to put ice in your alcohol, yada, yada, yada. Well, my dad had found a little one. I don't know if it was novelty or what, but it was the same exact design. It was just very small. So he put those two in the freezer. And when we were done mowing the lawn, he'd take out his Genesee cream ale or whatever, uh, uh, whatever he was having that week. And he'd pour a tiny bit into my little frosty mug and we'd sit on the front stoop. And we'd look at the work we had accomplished. And we call it a good day. Cheers and have a sip. Well, when O'Doul's came out, he said, hey, would you like to have your own beer? I said, oh, yes, please. I think I was like 12, maybe 11. And he handed me an O'Doul's, except it was in a can, not a bottle. And I said, what's this? And he goes, it's a mostly alcohol-free beer because there's still a very tiny amount in it. And no, we don't talk about it. What's going to happen nowadays? I can talk about it now. And he said, well, uh, there's only one problem, though. Your mug's too small. And then he handed me a full-size beer, fro- frosty beer mug. <laughs> to put it in. <laughs> so, yeah, when I look at O'Doul's, I mean, I've had one in the last, uh, what was it, five years. And I tasted and this was just like, <gasps> my tastes have changed. But I still have good memories about it. Well, you know what? To that end, I will honor the memory and... Oh, wait a minute. Is this a twist off? Might be. It like might I said, be, but to, you know what? It, it I don't... Again. There was another competitor who it came out is. right after that. Um, I forget the name of them, but they, in my opinion, weren't as good as Odul's. And they, like Odul's, had the same very tiny, minimal alcohol content. So is this one of the O'Doul's that you decided on? Okay. Yep. Very, very light on the alcohol content, apparently, according to the label. Oh, yeah. It's something like 0.05% or something like that. Uh, Or maybe it's 0.5. Something like that. It's um, It's 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 pale. um, It's a nice gold. A pale is a very generous term for it. (laughs) It's about the same color as Coors Light. (laughs) Uh, I, yeah. I was thinking give, give something else, but okay. Uh, and only because, only because my uh, the light behind me doesn't give me quite enough light, 
because I have older eyes. I know that the thing, uh, Golden Noun Alcoholic Brew, there it is, contains less than 0.5% alcohol by volume. Ergo, it's a canoe. If anybody yeah. actually gets that reference. I do. Good on you there. But what uh, was interesting is it was still technically illegal for kids to buy Oogie. Which I thought was the dumbest thing. Is like, they should have let them. Because at least, you know, you drink a six-pack and still not get a buzz off that thing. It's 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 like having sex in a canoe. That's <clears throat> see now now you're now you're pushing the bit a little bit, but, but um, I'm not going to explain the punchline. Yeah, it it does taste like I mean beer, but um, it doesn't quite have the same bite that uh, the a- actual alcoholic alcoholic beers has got. So mm-hmm. you know that's that's something. It it okay. was uh, one of two of the first of its kind, uh, to my knowledge, and the other one I forget what the brand name or the other one was. Zima. It, 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 no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Zima was a party wine cooler for people who thought they were cool. Um, but no, the competitor to duels at the time, uh, in my opinion, didn't taste right. It was like lacking certain beer notes that even Odul's had. There is that. Yeah, uh, I mean, we know full well that for me, when it comes down to something tasting like, you know, beer, it it's it's usually very much just a, a Budweiser holdover from the 70s. This is, yes, this does have the beer taste, but it doesn't have the same bite because it doesn't have the alcohol, and it's not nearly as heavy as what beer is for me. So... That's not bad. Yeah. That on a, on a burning great, hot day after having mowing the lawn. I mean, yeah, almost, if if you like the taste, re- sure. Yeah, it's almost as refreshing as a glass of water. Almost. Nah, uh, but I mean, uh, okay, I say that because the first thing I think of is, well, you know, glass of water. You could add some tang to it. Don't want to add tang to this. No, and and uh, I don't course, have fond memories of tang. Yeah, well, that's perfectly understandable. Anyway, so there's that. And of course, everybody, thank you for joining us uh, wherever you are. If you are joining live, which, by the way, Audrey, I do see you over there. Hi. Welcome to the show. Those of you that uh, join us live as we're recording, you can take advantage of the live chat. Let us know what you're thinking and uh, kind of work from there. Uh, Audrey had said, I haven't wanted a beer in years till now. I would have a drink with you all. You know what? You don't need to have a beer. You you want to get some tap water and and uh, share share a, a drink with us? That's perfectly fine too. But uh, thank you. Yeah, Lahayam. Isn't isn't there supposed to be a in there somewhere too? Lahayam. I I is got that far. Is there supposed to be? I don't know. I never truly learned Hebrew. I don't. I'd have to go talk to my mom. Yeah, for those who who are not who were not able to see the chat, the host chat here, posted a link to something that I want just because it's me. <laughs> Henderson Brewing Company up in Canada has partnered with Rush, the group, not the bloviating asshole, and come out with a commemorative beer. But uh, they don't ship to the U.S. and I can't have them. Isn't 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 that bloviating one uh, medically Dead. stable? 
Thank you. Yeah, that's that's what I was going for. Medically stable. Yeah, but I would love to have this beer, but they do not ship to the U.S. And if nothing else, just to have the can because I'm a fan girl of Rush. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't, I can't say so. Blame you. So there we go. Anyway, so I think, uh, I think I've, I got to get things uh, rolling over here. Uh, there is a very good reason for it, and uh, I will explain that momentarily. To get this out of the way, because I don't know what kind of condition I'm going to be in momentarily, I did look up uh, information on Rafe Badawi's condition. We have no new news. So as of the recording of to know, uh, tonight's show, it will have been nine years, two months, 26 days since Rafe was unjustly incarcerated for thought crime. Our hopes of thoughts are still with him and his family. We are still waiting. And I see, Joseph, you have made it. Good morning. Good morning. Sorry, waking a bit late. Not a worry. You just move your name over into the corner there, and we are otherwise good. So if you will give me a couple of moments here, I will get us started with the uh, freestyle, which this week is less free and far and away much more style. So with five minutes on the clock, you start right now. It's labeled Dave. In this case, I'm specifically referencing David Letterman. Say what you will, think what you will about uh, Dave. He was a staple on TV and a staple in New York City for a great many years. And he made a monologue 20 years ago. And I want to share part of that with you. I have only edited the beginning and the end of it in order to fit for time, but I think part of it will make sense. It's terribly sad here in New York City. We've lost 5,000 fellow New Yorkers, and you can feel it. You can feel it. You can see it. It's terribly sad. Terribly, terribly sad. And watching all of this, I wasn't sure that I should be doing a television show because for 20 years we've been in the city making fun of everything, making fun of the city, making fun of my hair, making fun of Paul's. Well, so to come to the circumstance that is so desperately sad, and I don't trust my judgment in matters like this. But I tell you the reason that I am doing a show and the reason I am back to work is because of Mayor Giuliani. As a sidebar, how things have changed in 20 years. 20 years that we've been here in New York City, we've worked closely with the police officers and the firefighters. And, and fortunately, most of us don't really have to think too much about what these men and women do on a daily basis. And the phrase... New York's finest and New York's bravest. Did that mean anything to us personally, firsthand? Well, maybe, hopefully, but probably not. But boy, it means something now, doesn't it? They put themselves in harm's way to protect people like us and the men and women from the firefighters and, and the police departments who are lost are going to be missed by this city for a very, very long time. And my hope for myself and, and everybody else, not only in New York, but everywhere, is that we never, ever 
take these people for granted. I just want to go through this. And again, forgive me if this is more for me than it is for people watching. I'm sorry, but I just have to go through this. The reason we were attacked, the reason these people are dead, the, these people are missing and dead, they, they weren't doing anything wrong. They were living their lives. They were going to work. They were traveling. They were, they were doing what they normally do. As I understand it, and my understanding of this is vague at best, uh, another smaller group of people stole some airplanes and crashed them into buildings. And we're told that they were zealots fueled by religious fervor. Religious fervor. And if you live a thousand years old, will that make any sense to you? Will that make any goddamned sense? David Letterman came back on the air a little while after these events. And part of his opening was exactly this. There have been things that have changed over the last two decades of it all. New York City, like Dave, has a gap in its teeth still to this day, as far as I'm concerned. There is a hole in the heart that will likely not be filled for decades yet to come. We've seen the absolute pinnacle of honor and duty and dedication from these people in the fire, rescue, police, ambulance services. And at the time afterwards, we've also seen the nadir of them. We've seen Giuliani go from one of the most respected people in the world to a laughingstock of himself. And so much of this is predicated on just a few people fueled by religious fervor. I don't want to live a thousand years. I don't, I don't want to live where that is acceptable, where a religion and ideology thinks that that is acceptable. Before I go ahead and get us started with the show, I want to share this. I was not anticipating what I was going to be able to do as far as to doing a show tonight. I have intentionally avoided all things to have to do with 20 years ago. It still burns in me. It still breaks my heart. And and like a lot of other people, for me, it's still like it was yesterday. In a lot of ways. I didn't know if we were going to do a show or not. But thinking about it, having that come back up for me from Dave 
we may not be able to do the same level of show, but like I said, the episode title for tonight on the docket 376, Your Honor, the show must go on. And I'm, I'm doing the show not because I want to avoid rehashing out history, but because we have, in some respect, I feel, to a certain respect, a responsibility and a duty to help where we can. And if this piddly-ass show can help a little bit, I think somehow it's worth doing. But we're going to take it from a slightly different angle. Yes, the show must go on, but the arts, you could say that we are part of an art. The arts help us take technology and make life beautiful, which inspires more technology, which inspires more imagination, which gives us more to work with, and so on and so on. So I kind of want to talk a little bit tonight about why the arts, as an overarching umbrella term, is kind of important to us as a species, and especially for kids, because let's face it, there are pieces, and I'll kind of go into greater detail about all that. However, we do have the horrible scopes to get to. So, you guys ready to go ahead and do this? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> Getting me worried here, guys. I mean, a little bit of a... You know, are we otherwise... Okay, you know what? Fine. I'll just get rolling and steamroll over whoever needs it. Okay. Roar! Let's do this thing. That's you know, better. You feel better? That's, okay. that'll, that'll do me fine. So for those of you that know what your astrological signs are, cool. Those of you that don't make it up as you go along, here are your horrible scopes for this week. Aries. Trying to learn how to speak Japanese by watching anime is not going to end well for you. You're going to sound like a mixed-up child who knows how to speak the language by trying to insult everyone you talk to. Just stick to Google Translate. Or just learn Klingon via Duolingo, which is something that you can do. Yeah, you sure can. Taurus, you're going to learn some fascinating things about TV shows from your childhood this week. For instance, the original Bozo the Clown actor was also the voice actor for Goofy and Pluto and could play the clarinet. And no, Bozo was not an alien from Centauri Republic. So stop saying that. Gemini, outdated tech is where it's at these days. So break out that Palm Pilot and fire up Samsung's home wide web system on your TV. It might be almost 25, it might be an almost 25 year old initiative, but we've almost caught up with the promise it gave us. Yeah, as an aside, by the way, I did look that up. That is a really, really cool, uh, the, the fact that they were looking at in 1998, the whole, let's just interact everything in your home 
and you know, twenty five years later, we're actually doing it. Um, wow, that was really weird. By the way, fun fun fact: I actually still have my Sony Clie with Sony Memory Stick. I've got a couple and of hand with, with all the with the USB docking station and everything. It still works. Yeah, I, I've got a handspring visor. I've got a USB dock for it. Nothing recognizes it to talk to it. Anyway, Joseph, over for you. Oh yeah, it took me a second to find. Um, yeah, Cancer Moonchild. Bubble wrap. You can finally order a roll of 48 inch by 750 foot roll so you can wrap yourself up like in Weird Al's video, White and Nerdy. Fair warning though, the roll is 236, but delivery is almost another 150. We're not sure if it comes packaged with its own bubble wrap for production. They see me mowing. Yeah. Front lawn. I, I, I went ahead and I looked that up and uh, let me tell you, that's. <clears throat> There are a lot of different types of bubble wrap, including a machine where you can actually just buy the unpuffed bubble wrap plastic and make it inflate your own bubble wrap as you go along during the day. Why you would want to do that, I'm not quite sure, but for four grand, hey, why not, right? There's customize even ESD the, um, rated. Well, you can customize you know, the size of the bubbles. I mean, you know, it's one thing that I have found with bubble wrap. That the large bubbles are so much more satisfying to pop than the little bitty ones. Yeah, but now they make them in rows, so you can't pop them easily anymore. I hate those. I What's hate the that point? Thing. I don't know. They make no noise. Leo. Yes, you were given the task of doing research on various personal electronics in history, but you might not want to look up the Wikipedia listing about Hitachi while at work. In the Digital Media and Consumer Products section, they have listed air conditioning equipment, optical disk drives, white goods, meaning refrigerators, washing machines, that kind of thing, and in the middle of all of that, the Hitachi Magic Wand. If ah! you don't know what that is already, trust us, HR does not want to talk with you about your web surfing habits, even if they were authorized. Sidebar, yes, there is a picture on the Wikipedia site showing you exactly what this device is. You are welcome. Now my hosts are all frantically Google fooing to check and see. Did he really do that? Did he really do I know exactly what it is. I'm laughing. I know. Here we go. You cannot <laughs> overclock those, by the way. I found out. You don't need to overclock it if you get a Sibian instead. Moving on. Virgo. <laughs> Play for the long game. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Starting over. Virgo. Playing for the long game this week, Virgo. You know you can do it because you dealt with a three-week running horrible scope about Greyhound. Use that patience to plot and scheme to get even with the deer eating all the tomatoes in your garden. Libra. Wearing sweatpants to the office was fine when your office was in your house and the camera only showed you from your clavicle up. If you have to buy new slacks... Do it. At least try to look classy when you show up at the office. Even briefly. Hmm. 
I'm coming. Um, uh, Scorpio, some stranger is going to give you life-affirming advice this week. Listen carefully to what they have to say, then ignore it. All you need to do is make them think you're paying attention and not being rude so they'll go away quicker. Friends of Sagittarius. Friends, we are gathered here this week to pay our final respects to the memory of our dearly departed hunting partner. Taken from us in a freak hunting mishap while trying to provide food for his family by hunting a flock of Canada geese. His live-streamed body cam footage is still available on YouTube, with the automatic closed captioning system claiming the birds are all screeching at him, diplomatic immunity. Please honor his memory by having a goose for Christmas this year at Nakatomi Plaza, Los Angeles. Thank you. That's sad. Capricorn. That's freaking hilarious. Capricorn. It may be time to wrap up your eatery. Wrap it up. Tim's deep fry experiment was a success. Until adding deep fried breaded scallops was a moneymaker. But when the staff pulled a prank and added ice cubes into the frozen scallop bag and all that got dumped into the fryer. Let's all wish Tim a speedy recovery. Yeah, and at the same time, you know, fuck I'm you, Tim. Graft. Uh, and definitely skin graft. Aquarius, you're going to have that dream again, Aquarius. Why is the hunter from Bambi following you? We don't know. Why are you batting? clean up at Fenway Park? We don't know. Why is the rain falling in your car? Because you left the moonroof open again. Close it. Um, yeah. Pisces. Scientific principles say that the... Blah. Sorry. Opening windows. <laughs> Scientific principles say that the likelihood of being there being life in this universe is one. We're here already, so it's possible there are other other civilizations out there. So how will we recognize an advanced technology? If we find a metallic alloy that could only be made by meeting, melting two different metals together in microgravity, like lead and iron. So until we find something re resembling duranium, you're not going to space. And those are your horrible scopes for this week. Remember, if you enjoyed them, that's entirely uh, up to you and completely inconsequential to the reason for them existing. But if you ask real nicely, maybe the stars will be nice to you next time. It's not real likely, but, you know, you, you can always ask. Or at least that's what my grandmother used to tell me. You can always ask. You never get, but you can always ask. Because the stars might just say, no. Wait, no, that's a religious thing. Eh, whatever. So anyway. So like I was saying, the arts are important, and 
some people just really don't understand just how much so, but uh, I do. And uh, to kind of take us away from as far away from the pressing news of the day, I kind of wanted to do something that technically qualifies as fluff without it actually being fluff. So this is going to be a little bit on the different side. Let me start off by reminding everybody that music is math. And some people really don't like that. Most music, Western music, is broken up into groups of four, sometimes three, and occasionally, if you find somebody that really doesn't like you, five. <laughs> Especially if you're in a marching band. You're welcome. For those of you that are wondering what I'm bringing that up from, there is a very famous piece of jazz music called Take Five by Dave Brubeck. It is one of the earliest, uh, one of the earliest pieces of popular music that is in five, meaning the each measure is in groupings of five. So if you want, if you don't specifically know that piece of music, the closest way that you can feel that whole same kind of pattern is the theme from Mission Impossible, which is also in five and very much in the social consciousness. So if you don't know that one, yeah, I, I can't help you on that one. But yes, five, six, seven. After that, I'm sorry. That's just being pretentious. I'm sorry people really don't understand how much math really goes into making sure that music lines up correctly between so many different instruments. Timing and math is everything. Remember, the old adage in math is it's either fucking right or it's fucking wrong. There is no in-between. Same thing with making sure that you've got everything done correctly in music, so Enjoy that concept. Oh, yeah. And for those of you that are wondering, how do you march in five? After a lot of bitching and moaning from the people on the field trying to learn how to march in five. That's how you march in five. Takes a lot of practice. It does. It does. And seriously, uh, my, my high school, the marching band, competitive marching band that we had, our drum solo was uh, for two years. It was take five. So we had an all drum version of it, which was amazing, by the way. It was great. But the first year that we did it, the, um, the rest of the band doesn't play anything. They just march. And they got taught, this is how you march in five. And they're just like, wait, no. So it's not one, two, one, two, left, right, left, right. No, 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 it's not. Oh, crap. All right. What do we do? So you're going to march like this. Left, two, three, right, two, three, left, two, three, right, two, three. No. Left, two, three, right, three, one, left, two, three, right, two. Yes. Because it was in, in the, the, the cadence was three and two offsetting each other. So it's one, two, three, one, two, one, two, three, one, two. 
or as Drumline used to say when we were practicing, for those of you that are wondering, wait, what is he doing? No, that really was exactly how it was when we were practicing. That That's how they counted it out. It wasn't one, two, three, four, five. It wasn't one, two, three, one, two. It was just, that's how it worked. No, because that's in four and that's wrong. I was just having a good time. I know. Dude, uh, don't forget, I was in band, but I was also in guitar. Yeah, just so I that people know in marching band. In marching band, the default is either 4 4 or 2 4. That's right. And there's good reason for that, and it, it makes perfect sense. I mean, otherwise, we wouldn't have uh, John Philip Sousa being famous, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Who was that? No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Don't give me that eye. You know I'm kidding. Tech? If I could get through the other side of the screen, <laughs> you'd be in mortal danger. You know, what I, what I wanted to do was to grab the microphone on my stand and move it and bring my eye like right up to the camera for the fun of it. But I've got little things on the camera uh, on the uh, on the microphone stand over here to make sure that the springs don't make any noise so it would be like worthless for me to just grab it and and move around because it won't make noise so what the hell's the point sure thing El Capitan so in that case I'll just you know do what I would normally do and just remind you how I feel about things in the uh, in, in in the I just made a John Phillips as a reference for crying out loud yeah. <clears throat> and you will pay. <laughs> Hunt, you're a married woman. Don't ever do that in my ear again. <laughs> well, I don't have the cool reverb effects and things like you do, so, you know, I'm going to have to improvise. Got a point. Got a point. But I've been very good. I've been very judicious about not using it. That's my argument. I'm sticking with it. I don't have it on, do I? No, I don't. Good. <laughs> I didn't think to check. Anyway. So yeah, mu music is, uh, music is, is, there is so much technology that goes into music or the arts, I should say, that people don't even really think about it and don't understand how important it really is for kids to be exposed to this stuff, to, to learn it. And it keeps getting, you know, shafted off to the side. Uh, like I said, music, there's so much math that's involved, but there is also so much engineering that's involved, not just in the manufacture of all the modern instruments that we use now, but just in the how these instruments work, why they work, why they have evolved over Yes, literal centuries in some cases. But I think one of the, my, one of my fa uh, favorite things is to find out that, oh God, I forgot what this, what, what the guy's first name was. I think it was Alphonse. The guy who developed the saxophone. When he first brought it out, he was scrutinized very heavily by the law because women were going into 
I believe the term at the time was um, hysterics because they were basically um, they went into heat, I think is probably the nicest way of describing it at the sound of his instrument. I don't know why. Meanwhile, when the oboe was first invented, somebody said, is that a duck dying? <laughs> there, There is something to be said about that. But since you brought up the oboe, the oboe and the bassoon, let, let's, let's talk about something that's really unique about these two specific instruments. Because to me, it's fascinating. And yes, this is actually an engineering thing. The oboe and the bassoon use what are called reeds. They're reeds. thin pieces of basically wood. I know they that you have to keep moisturized, otherwise they split. Yes. How do I know this? Because I have a sibling who didn't do that and had to constantly get them replaced, and it was a constant argument in the household. And I, I really wanted to snap that goddamn thing in half. Like, right. Why can't you play a simple instrument like mine? A trumpet. A brass instrument. Has just a couple parts to keep clean. You polish it. You're done. You have a nice day. You don't need any fragile pieces of wood or strings. That was my mentality back then. No, it's not too bad off. Anyway, so... the I always stop learning how to play guitar. <laughs> <laughs> so the oboe and the bassoon. Like I said... Very underrated instruments from a technological standpoint. Normally, a saxophone, for instance, would use a single reed that vibrates. Oboe and bassoon use two of them, and you have to put them both into your face in order to make sound out of the instrument. Not music, sound, because the music part is far and away down further down the, the pipes, literally. But... The thing that fascinates me is that most people who continue playing these double-reeded instruments, and there are very few of them because of the insanity of this piece, keep making their own reeds. They keep, they get the individual, the individual reeds and like they're a fly fisherman, they put them onto a stand and they wrap little thread around the base of them to make their own after a while because it's so damned important to make sure that you have spares for one thing. Well, yeah. And they're expensive. Yes. Our rates are oh freaking my. expensive. Because who's crazy enough to keep buying them when you can just make your own? Which is kind of on the same uh, semblance as, well, why would you ever buy 9mm gun uh, ammunition when you can just refill them on your own? I mean, it's so much cheaper that way. Yeah, why would you buy a commercially made computer when you can just build your own? I mean... I mean, technically speaking, and I mean this in, in the truest sense of the word, technical. Technically speaking... It is easier to, if you have all the parts, 
to put a, together a computer t- in today's day and age from all the parts just laying out on the table and having your anti-static and everything else than it was back in the 1980s. The 80s and 90s, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, my God. Such I, a difference. Having played clarinet, I mean, there was no way that I could make my own reads. And, you know, especially if you were, you know, somebody that had to play in pet band and things like that during football season, basketball season. Every time you set down your you know, instrument, you're at risk of breaking or chipping a reed. And you could use a little clipper to clip the end of it off and then try to file it. Yeah, you know, to make it then play on, which, you know, we, we, yeah, we did that. And I hate to say it because I was a, a musical purist, you know, back then, but I resorted to buying plastic reeds because they didn't chip as easily. They didn't sound as good, but they were a lot more durable. But for during marching season, yeah, you had to have them. That part doesn't totally surprise me either. And, Considering what can happen during marching season, if you're going to multiple uh, performances during a day and and competitive marching seasons, oh, yeah, you could do two, perhaps even three different uh, appearances. Yeah, it made sense to get the plastic ones. Oh, yeah. You know, but I get them in a 10 pack. There's no way I would have ever used them because the sound quality was just so much worse. Yeah, but when you're out there in the middle of, you know, When you're out there yeah. at the at the at the at the forty yard line, you know all the way in the exactly. back, you know who in the hell cares? Right, exactly. So that's another piece. You know, you could you could go with the the purest actual organic uh, reed in order to get you know sound out of your instrument. Or you know you could get the mass produced plastic stuff. Again, it's not as good, but. It's good enough. Yeah. But, you know, during concert season, I was the one that had the quote unquote weed, yeah, the reed whacker where I would, you know, clip the end of it off and then file it if I chipped it and kept, you know, several boxes with me because I had really bad luck of splitting the suckers, you know, right in half right before an audition or something like that. That was just always my luck. But I always tried them out before I put them, you know, in my little box to carry with me because you just, you know, when they're mass produced, you just don't know about sound quality until you try it. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> it's all good. Don't mind me. I had somebody that uh, pinged me on um, uh, okay, that's something I'm going to have to check a little bit later. Sorry, I had somebody that pinged me over on uh, Discord and there's no way for me to look that stuff up while we're doing, except to pull up my phone really quickly and see, is this something I have to respond to now? No? Okay. I'm not gonna. Anyway, uh, where else was it that, uh, oh, yeah. The, the technology that goes into different instruments, like I said, it's, it's amazing. Some of the things when you think about it, the the delicate nature of some of these instruments, the not delicate nature also at the same time, the, the stuff where you really have to question who in the hell came up with this. I mean, okay, 
the idea that somebody actually went to college to learn how to be a professional triangle player. Yeah, you know, people think about it and it's like, oh, how hard could it be? You find out, oh shit, there actually is actual like technique to this. Huh, yeah. who knew? The you know, since I was uh, since I was showing the uh, the drumsticks over here, another piece that blew my mind was drummers. The 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 level of technique that goes into actual drumming that if you're not a drummer, you don't know about. Uh, for instance, most people would hear the term paradiddle and they would immediately have questions coming up about, you know, am I still associated with the Roman Catholic Church? No, no, I'm not. But thank you for thinking so highly of me there. It's actually a, a term in drumming for a way of playing a series of notes. But finding out that flailing your arms around, first off, is really tiring. So you don't do that except if you train a lot and you're just doing it for show. But people who play things like marching band, mind you, quad drums, or tri drums, where you've got, you know, three of them, four of them, sometimes, you know, five, you know, drums in a, in a platform in, in front of you at waist high. You don't, you don't whack away with your whole arm. You are literally playing by holding the stick at a balance point in your hand and you use your back two fingers to make the stick bounce up and down on the drum heads. So that when these guys are playing, these good guys are playing, you will see their arms spinning back and forth from one drum to another to get the right pitches, but their forearms barely move at all, and their fingers are just wiggling like crazy, and the sticks are, well, the mallets at that point, are playing music like you would not believe people should be able to do. And it predicates on the idea of being able to find balance. Which again, another physics thing. Because gravity. I'm getting a little bit too esoteric, aren't I? I'm sorry. I I I didn't want to talk about New York City tonight. I wanted to do something fluff. You know what? If if we if we end a little bit early and people are just like, uh, yeah, pff, uh, whatever. Fuck you. It's my show. I don't care. I mean, if you want to talk about fluff, we could always talk about sex scandals. We could. But um, considering that I don't have any personally, I don't think it's be really uh really really nice to go ahead and do that. You're an atheist and you don't have a sex scandal. I mean, come on. You know. No. <laughs> I would have to go back and find the link, and I might do that. Um, that I ran across last night, but um, it was it was showing what different you know uh, photographs look like when you take them, you know, with filters and you know whatnot on your phone, and 
it was it was a piece trying to argue whether we're losing something artistically with all of the AI technology now, you know, with the phones. That phones are automatically making changes to pictures that you're not making and you know, it's not really real anymore that what comes out is not what you see. And they were showing this one. Uh, it wasn't a filter that you could use. It just came with the phone that whenever you take a picture or something you know, during the night, you know, a lot of times the colors won't be crisp because it's dark and it might come out a little blurry and all that, but it would just automatically fill in colors that really weren't there. It could see what you could not and just totally change the look of the picture. <clears throat> and, you know, so the piece was, you know, asking is, is this really still art? Is it real? And is this good or bad? And just a lot to think about. I still have my 35 millimeter film camera. Yeah, I've still got one. I haven't broken it out in a very, very, very long time, but I've still got, and I am not getting rid of it, nor my digital SLR, which is also a technology I'm finding out is on its way out. Yeah. For the folks that don't exactly understand uh, what what piece I'm lamenting about, SLR stands for Single Lens Reflex. It's the very uh, – you would know an SLR camera, A, by its overall size. <laughs> yeah. B, <laughs> to sell the damn thing. <laughs> B, its overall weight. You can kill somebody with it. Yes. Uh see the weight of the lenses that you would have to buy to attach to it because oh my god those things were made out of metal and glass and a lot of both and and d when you used them i mean the the very 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 recognizable sound of a 35 uh, of a 35 millimeter slr going off i mean we we've all heard the, the the yeah the clack sometimes the clack were if you're really fancy and had the the motorized advanced system well if you if you were fancy and had the motorized advanced system and you had a good set of batteries in them <laughs> wow yeah man you go yeah. through uh, how many people did we could you you watch out in public and you'd see them like frantically looking through their camera bag it's like how much you want to bet it's batteries. Yeah. Photography yep. is, just, I mean, it really is an art. Yes, I yeah. used and, to do photo development myself. And and one that I was never able to master, I suck at taking pictures. I'm horrible. But my husband is really good, and so is, jo is Joseph. And we know for well that uh, Bobby Carey does it too. Oh, yes. Uh, Bobby Carey from um, uh, No Religion Required. Or mm -hmm. at least used to be. It's it's been on uh, indefinite long term hiatus. I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah, I mean he was a natural at it. I mean he just picked it up one day and just started, you know, trying it, and he's amazing. Yeah, he's pretty damn good. Joseph, you sounded like you were going to jump in there. No, I just wanted to say it's not about the camera. Well, okay. Now that's in part, <clears throat> in part, because I can take the same picture with my cell phone 
that I take with my 35 millimeter camera. Okay. And I can guarantee you that my picture with the 35 millimeter film is going to come out better. Mm. Uh, it's about learning your instrument too. And the difference between the two. Agreed. And one of the biggest pieces of it is a, a little term that people don't really think about composition. Yeah. It is again, one of those things. An aperture. Well, yes. Exposure time. <laughs> well, that, yeah, that all goes into walk it. Around, I used to walk around with a light meter for crying out loud. <laughs> well, now see that that's why I like my Minolta. The light meter is all built into it, but be that as it may, that was actually, believe it or not, the, uh, the Minolta that I've got was, uh, was one of those beautiful ones where it literally has only one electronic part to it. And that is the light meter. It, you could, you could, you could do anything you wanted with the damn thing. But if you wanted to have it actually give you off the light meter reading off of the lens, you had to have a button battery in there. And it was the only thing other than that. You, you want to go ahead and just shoot off like crazy? You go right ahead, man. It didn't care. Yeah, my light meter uh, ran on a nine volt, <laughs> and uh, it even had a uh, light. Uh, 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 it had a filter f- uh, for the the lens itself, uh, a dispersion filter, and um, when I used that and I adjust my camera settings accordingly. I could take amazing pictures. I even had a tripod I carried around for me for low light situations where I couldn't use uh, 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 flashes. And my cell phone is just not as half as configurable as my old camera. So there are pictures that if I'm walking around with my cell phone, depending on the lighting situation, I can look around and go, yep, nope, I'm not even going to chant. No, there's just no point. And as an aside, by the way, remember I was talking about my, uh, the 35 millimeter camera that I've got. And I do have a digital SLR. And they're from different manufacturers. The 35 is Minolta, which is a name that doesn't really show up anymore. Uh, Konica Minolta at this point, if I remember correctly. And the DSLR is Canon. Mm-hmm. So they use different mounting hardware. Everybody uses different mounting hardware for their lenses, goddammit. And I didn't want to give up the lenses that I had from, you know, years ago, which I got, by the way, all those I got secondhand from a guy who's an absolute love. I, I think he has since passed at this point, but I actually found an adapter so that I can plug this onto my digital SLR and get all the big, heavy metal and glass lenses that have like no smarts to them at all and connect it up. Now, the thing, uh, the thing about using cameras, uh, like we were saying, the, the biggest thing that people don't really think about is composition of the photograph itself. And it doesn't matter what you're using to capture the image. Composition is something that comes from the eye of the person taking the image. That's how you see it, how you want to present it, how you want to capture that moment in time. And that's a very, very subjective thing. 
there are certain quote unquote rules you're supposed to follow, but again, it doesn't really much much matter. But I had a certain pleasure just um yeah, art school. I took one year of art school here in Paris and uh the first year we had to take uh it was a general course. We had to take everything sculpture, painting, uh and um and there was one photography course and the teacher was actually going, Okay, so when the person's in looking towards the right in the frame, uh you have to place them to the left side of the frame. And yeah, it was just a constant series of uh, uh let's just say challenge accepted <laughs> where you could show that the, just the opposites yeah uh, possible but it's basically it's just what you want to communicate to the person looking at the picture it's like you have to let them or give them the means of imagining that they were actually there That's yeah basically it yeah, and again, there are certain quote-unquote rules on how to do that. Sometimes you need to break them in order to get across what you want, but be that as it may, that piece is something that is done by the person taking the image, the person that's capturing that moment. So it's entirely up to them as to how they want to they want to get that. But the big question mark becomes if you're using digital stuff and not just digital SLRs that mimic what a 35 millimeter would do or a medium photography plate would do, the question becomes if you're using digital smarts to use fuzzy analytics to sharpen or soften or artificially vignette or artificially increase brightness or change what it is that's being captured who really gets the credit for it being done however it's done and yes there are a lot of phys- there are a lot of uh, arguments that could be made about well the person taking the picture is now anticipating what the device is going to do in order to present what the device is going to present and then the purists like myself are going to go, well, why the hell didn't you just use a 35 mil or equivalent? Take the picture itself. Uh, you know, it, the question mark of what is more real starts to get really, forgive me, fuzzy because this goes down too many different ways because music has had the same damn thing. Um, auto-tune. The, sorry? With auto-tune. Oh my goodness. Don't even get started on auto-tune just yet, because it goes even before that. Um, oh, yeah. Theater goes into that. Uh, uh, well, before going further, let's throw some human brain stuff into the mix. Absolutely. Um, please. I, anyway, you know, no matter what you see, anyway, um, how you remember it is not really what you're seeing i mean your your brain from any given scene you're only really concentrating on a few um aspects of it at a time Hmm. and your brain basically fills in the rest agreed so basically everything we're seeing is not a perfect match to reality 
And that's okay. Because after all, you know, that's, that's how we experience reality. And we kind of have to accept that because, well, we don't really have too much choice. So basically it comes down to uh, the, the content of a photo, a good photo or a bad photo. It comes down to the, um, um, the context of being, imagine yourself being in a given situation, like you just capture a fleeting moment in a photo and it looks like a fleeting moment and it looks like something caught on the fly. And you can, you can identify with it. You can go, yeah, it was something I'd see in the street. And One moment in time. Yeah, there is that. Um, and there are, there are a number of, uh, there are a number of professional photographers over the years, over the decades, who have come up with some uh, amazing shots that took, uh, if, Am I thinking of the right name, Ansel Adams? Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. If I remember correctly, there was one photograph that he took in particular. Um, I forget which one it was. Uh, I remember having read, read about this one years ago. I couldn't tell you which, which one it was, where it was, when it was, whatever. Hell, I don't even remember if I'm thinking of the right name in this particular case, but the story was that the photographer actually had to do research on the location that they wanted to shoot at. And in order to do this, they needed to literally visit the location for days and days and days in order to see how things were, how they lit up at different times before finally settling on, okay, I'm going to be taking this picture Facing this direction, I have to have the the photo taken between this time and this time, and there has no. to be just so much cloud cover in order to make sure that everything exposes correctly and I get exactly what it is. You left out the part where he was um, he specialized in landscapes, so there, there yeah. is that. Well, that's that's the principal thing. Yeah. Because if you're gonna, if you're gonna photograph, uh, for example, mountainside, uh, or a valley or something like that, and you do that in the early morning, you're gonna have super high contrast in the morning, so you're probably only gonna get the, the lighter parts of the picture. You're gonna have a choice between light and dark and all that. So yeah, it would probably have to be probably around three o'clock in the afternoon or something like that. Depending on the orientation. Yeah, landscape photography is a lot of research involved. Yeah, and also if you're doing fashion photography and you've got uh, a landscape as a backdrop there, so there's research too. Like I did something in Manhattan um, from um, uh, ways up the pier. I think I did it from from Staten Island. But anyways, it was across towards New York, so you can see the back. Uh, you can see the skyscrapers in the background. And again, same problem. Um, if you did it in the morning, it would just look too damn stark. So, it, it would, it, it, we ended up doing it towards like three or four o'clock in the afternoon when the contrast is lower. And then, of course, you also have to deal with the whole what time of the year is it? How much fog cover are you going to end up with? And is that going to burn off in time to get you 
so many damned variables. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, especially in the mountains. Yeah. It's unpredictable the weather up there. I there's one time uh we were in Switzerland and uh I was doing uh a series called Lost in Switzerland where we'd invited tons of people from Paris to go there in like the middle of nowhere. Well Lucerne, Switzerland doesn't mean exactly nowhere, but <laughs> um so like for one of the shootings it was like cloudy every day. So uh, I was talking with the model and uh he's going, yeah, well, maybe if we went up the mountains high enough, we'd get some sunlight. And it was just amazing. It was just, um we took the cable car uh early one morning, you know, in hope of uh getting some sunlight. And uh we're almost at the top of the table, cable car, almost at the top, the end of the trip up the mountain. And just the last, 10 meters of the trip. We just like emerged out of the, the clouds just above. It was like, it was like being on an ocean. It was like coming up. It was like surfacing in a submarine. You got some pretty amazing shots. And that is another piece that deals with for meteorology. Meteorology. I can talk. And again, physics. People who predict meteors? They can. (laughs) (laughs) And meteorology is even an art. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Having to take all this data and interpret what that means to make a forecast and as we can, as I think we can all vouch for, the forecasts are not very accurate these days because they don't know what to do with all the conflicting data. <laughs> well, it also depends on a lot of different pieces. Yes, there there are more or less accurate, but again, it a lot of it comes down to what is what is the model showing, and of course, we know for well, you know, the short term model is. Uh, usually pretty okay. Medium term is actually pretty good. Long term, no, not so much. And you've never read you've never read the Farmer's Almanac, sir. The Farmer's Almanac makes rather broad, sweeping generalizations, as I recall. Irony, sir. Yes, but I have oh. once upon a time ago. Yes. I can tell you that the programs and the products that they do use to make forecasts now, um, they used to rely on a couple, and now they use about four. And they're really having a hard time knowing what to do with those when all four of them are wildly divergent from each other, which is a thing now. Yeah, that doesn't totally surprise me. And for anybody that's wondering, well, can I look at some of this data? Uh, yeah, because the vast majority of this information comes from, in the United States, NOAA weather. Mm -hmm. And if you're wondering where can you find that, you can find that at weather.gov. Yep. Or you can go to uh, spc.weather.gov and see what the Storms Prediction Center is doing. 
Now there are a number of other uh, there are a number of other groups that'll be showing off whatever it is that they've got. Uh, AccuWeather, for instance, is a commercial group that does it. Are they good? Uh, Not really. It depends on a lot of factors, as usual. But again, most of the stuff is coming from NOAA Weather. And for those of you that get your weather reports off of the news, if you see, if you see a weather radar on on your TV screen and it's showing a sweeping line like it's trying to light up the the like like an old time radar scope that's not noah and that's not a real thing that's just a video thing to make it look interesting because noah doesn't do that nobody does that it used to be that radar, well, okay, some radar systems still use it, where they've got the antenna that's swinging around in a circle, and it's, you know, getting information as it goes around. Uh, you'll probably see this on, like, aircraft carriers. Yeah, that that's all well and good, but the weather radar system doesn't do that. If you go to an airfield, you will occasionally see this a uh, giant golf ball looking thing suspended above the airfield. That's usually the weather radar system. And it doesn't do a big sweepy thing. It just blasts out and listens for the return and multiple times a second. I guess probably this way. So, um, yeah. And they have to rely on multiples of those because there's literally a, yeah, a blind spot right over the top. Yep, that you can't see. Yep, and for those people that are uh, playing around with uh, amateur radio, especially, yes, occasionally you have to deal with those things suddenly honking in your ear if you're too close by one, and that's just annoying. It's much better now that they've changed frequency bands that they use, but it's again one of those things. But I'm just yet- bringing up the the. The difficulty in interpretation because I'm seeing too often now, um, especially with the local, you know, uh, local weather people mm-hmm. you know, in Paducah. That's that's who issues our forecasts for the National Weather Service. They're really struggling, and you know, it's it's concerning when there's a major storm system coming through, and they're saying that you know we're making these, you know, we're running the models every two hours, and they're wildly divergent. We don't know what to do with this ensemble because we can't come to a consensus. And the closer the storm approaches, the more uncertain we are of the impact it's going to have. Yeah, because I go in and read the for you know, the forecast discussions and all that and they're coming out and saying we you know basically we don't know we don't know what to do with this it's not making sense and the closer this thing gets to us the more uncertainty we have in our forecast and when they say you know when they say something like uh you know confidence is low (laughs) in in this forecast which is becoming a frequent thing now uh there's a problem and it's not that i think paducah sucks I mean, Kentucky sucks, but, you know, it's Kentucky. But, uh, you know, I'm seeing the same thing out of the Storm Prediction Center in uh, Norman, Oklahoma. To where they're doing their 12-hour outlooks, and then they do another one. They'll update it three hours later, and it's very different than the one that they had before. 
and they may issue four or five in a day now of you know thunderstorm outlooks that are just so different they don't know what to do with the data either and i really wonder if a good portion of this has got to do with the way that uh uh budget cuts well part of that but also the unpredictability that's been going on with the with weather Mm -hmm. because of well i'll I'll say it climate change is driving stuff up the wall exactly and we don't exactly have data well climate change is real climate change is not real just because i have it doesn't mean it's true no, they are having problems, but due to climate change and, you know, just the, the uh, products they use don't know how to handle the conflicting data because it's not anything that we're used to. Well, what I was doing was I was misquoting a, a, a yeah. college humor joke of what if Google was a guy? So basically you sit down in front of the guy and you ask him questions and he is Google. So, yeah, they, they do a, a two joint scripts on climate change and it's hilariously funny google as performed by markiplier no no this guy would have no markiplier could not have done what this guy did or as well as he did it well he he did one uh several years ago i'll have to i'll have to go look for that uh, oh he did okay i didn't know that but no i mean this guy was perfect in fact it was so good that they did like eight of them Okay. I think he only did uh, one or maybe two. I will look that up a little bit later, make sure that's in the show notes, because I thought that it was pretty fram- pretty funny myself back at the time. I haven't seen it in a very long time. Eh. Yeah, they've, they've actually merged them all into a single series, a single series YouTube clip. Uh, I just put it in chat for show notes later. Okay, thanks. Um, yeah, it's not for little kids. But they're also not going to show anything truly bad, so just don't watch. You might be able to get away with it at work. Depends on how relaxed they are. You're on the side of caution. Probably a good idea. Oh God, I didn't know it. They did a quarantine edition. Well, I know what I'm going to be doing after the show. <laughs> Having a good life, obviously. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes can't find that that piece that i read and that's yeah that's on me the one i was talking about with the ai and the phones and how it you know changes things and all that i've been trying to scroll through my history and find it but i'm one of those people that is horrible about opening 20 or 30 browsers like at the beginning of a day for things i want to read and then when i read them go follow other links you know the, the things that look interesting and so there's no telling how far this is buried in my history I read it yesterday, but the tab may have been open for three weeks. I don't know. <laughs> so you're the rabbit hole type, huh? Right. I am. I am. I and I'm also a tiny thing, too. I can't say anything. I can't I can't give you shit about it because I've been known to do that, too. The best part about the rabbit hole type is, is uh, pouring napalm down there and then lighting a match. Uh, <laughs> no. No. Because if well, you're going to do something. How do you clean your browser history? Uh, by stepping back a very, very long way and letting, I don't know, Tori Bellacci light it off for me from while I'm safely away, you know, three counties over. It's just napalm. It's not that dangerous. 
as Joey would remind us, ah, napalm, the gasoline you can chew. <laughs> I'm I'm very much sure that that Your is. Your ribs. But and everything else. Yeah. Yeah, there is that. Anyway, the arts, science. Um, I, I was listening to uh, Cognitive Dissonance because I was out uh, driving because I got together with friends today. They were, I, I, was it Cogdis or Scathing Atheist or whatever? I'm, I'm way behind in stuff because I don't listen nearly as often as I really should. And somebody was complaining, uh, they, they were making fun of somebody that was complaining that you should not be using music because it's racist. The term sheet music should not be used because who uses sheets? That's right, the KKK. So music is racist. What? Okay. So KKK. Their motto is pull up a sheet, join the clan. And then the other one was you can't tell your people to tune their instruments because you tune to 440. 440 being the pitch agreed upon, mostly agreed upon, for what's otherwise called concert tuning, usually, although some groups use a slightly different. Anyway, 440 is 440 cycles per second, otherwise known as 440 hertz. That is the pitch typically associated with the letter A on a keyboard. A above middle C. Yes, some tuning is a little bit off from that, but, you know, be that as it may, saying that tuning like this to 440 is a Western convention, and ergo, it is itself, again, racist. I believe there is a meme out there that goes something like, you Dumbass motherfuckers. Just, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't understand some of these people. I can't see. I'm rolled, my eyes have rolled so far back up in my head that I can't see. I don't recommend that. That's, that's, that's generally speaking bad. <sighs> people. I don't, I don't, I don't get these people. I really don't. Plus, apparently, this person was was complaining that you shouldn't be that that people tune to a tuning fork. I'm sorry. Listen, the the only time you actually have to worry about a tuning fork is when you stick it into a particular orifice and it vibrates too much. Are you speaking from experience? No, no medical documentation. Oh, okay. Not medical yeah. documentation. The, you want yeah, to be no, a no, piano I, I, yeah. tuner? Because, because could, could you send there me are link? radio shows hosts that went for for their fun bits. They'll actually read off lists of things that people have wound up in the hospital for. This is long before uh, the television series "Sex Sent Me to the ER." So uh, I'm, wait, I hold, hold, hold it, hold it, hold. 
what television series? Uh, there's a television series actually called Sex Sent Me to the ER. I'm done. We're done. The, this this show is over. There is no reason to go beyond this. Why? Why would there be such a show? And because why would you watch it? Because I Florida. haven't watched it. I'm just saying because Florida. that um, long before that show existed, um, whenever uh, certain kinds of uh, disc jockeys, radio disc jockeys, um, depending on their type of show that they have, whether or not they have humor sections or not, they'll read some stuff. Well, there was this one who actually put out a CD. I've got the CD somewhere if I can find it. And they actually let, they, they had different skits. So they did one where they read a list of things of dumb criminals, you know, like what they got caught for, how they got caught, things like that. So one of the skits they did was, Things that people wound up in the hospital for involving the back door, like bulbs, a pepper grinder, parsnip, concrete, hamsters. And I, I'm we're talking beyond that kind of stuff. We're we're talking about things you wouldn't expect. Like, how many people do you expect to wind up in the ER to have a light bulb removed from their rectum? A light bulb, something that's very fragile. That if you <clears throat> break shatters into lots of sharp pointy things, yeah. yeah, I, I, the hamster seems reasonable at that point, in my opinion. Yeah, but you have to keep it on the string. <laughs> or uh, you could just use a cardboard tube and shout Armageddon. Somebody knows what the hell I'm talking about on that one, and it's hilarious. Not going down this avenue. Armageddon! You started it. <laughs> A tuning fork. Getting back on track. The only thing that you tune a tuning fork with is a piano. And for those of you and that are wondering... You do not hold the tuning fork and strike a surface with it for crying out loud. They make a very delicate hammer to hit it, tap it with. Otherwise known as a countertop for those of you that are heathens. No. I'm kidding. That hence the term heathens. Gotcha. And for those of you that are wondering, yeah, I can, I can, I can tune a piano all on my own. Sure. I can, I can do it. I've got a, I've got a ratchet set. No. No, you don't ever want to do that. And I'll tell you why. Yes, somebody could just give you an old upright piano because they're just getting rid of it. Yes, that still happens. No, you don't want to go ahead and try to tune it yourself. Because if it snaps, you're going to lose your jugular. That is generally accepted as being a very bad thing. Or maybe an eye. Could be a finger. Generally speaking, it's a bad day. Some things are best left to the professionals and not do it yourself. Yes. Oh, yes. There are many things that you can tune. Drums, for one thing, believe it or not, can be tuned to a piano. Most people don't know about that, but it's true. I've done it. 
is freaky as hell to learn how to do it, but it's cool to be able to do it. The worst part is finding out that you have to tune the drum on both sides if it's a marching bass drum. Oh my god, that was a pain in the ass. You... Okay, I'll look at that later. This is what happens. I got I got hosts that go ahead and say, "Hey, let me go ahead and put something in the in the show notes for later." <laughs> Thanks, guys. You're welcome. I wasn't being serious. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try really hard not to call you a bitch. Shit, I just did it. Damn it. All right, fine, whatever. <laughs> I'll, I'll figure it from there. No, it's 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 Jane. You ignorant slut. I can't turn off my microphone at this point, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say it on air then because <laughs> because I can get away with it. But that's not your name. What, Jane? I know. Okay, never mind. Saturday Night Live reference. I know. People back in the 70s, and if you don't get it because you're too, you know, you're, that's not your time and you're too young, get off my lawn. Stop. If you don't Get understand, it, turf. if you're too young to know this one firsthand, everything is online. Go look it up for yourself. You can see Saturday Night Live used to actually have time where it was funny. Not yeah. always, not every time, not every show, but there were times where it was good. If you're not sure, um, hamburger, 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 hamburger. Look that up sometime. It, it'll it'll be or was it cheaper? No, which I'm sorry, it's cheaper. Remember, it wasn't cheeseburger. It was cheeseburger. There's a reason. There's a very very good reason for that. And always remember, and please don't ever forget, if you're going to make a sub sandwich, I got I got to make sure everybody understands this. You cannot spread mayonnaise on the bread. With a katana. It doesn't really work. People are wondering now, what the hell is he talking about? Go look it up. Trust that me. Was, oh, God. I will get away with saying, John Belushi, you dumbass motherfucker. You had the world by the balls, and you were an idiot. Yeah. He is one of the few people I will never stop insulting for that. Such a waste. I mean, we know full well that there are uh, many, many artists who have killed themselves in one way or another. There are some who have done it intentionally. And I am truly saddened by those situations. But for those people for whom it was just... I'm going to enjoy some recreational chemicals uh, and and not be smart or safe about it. I, I I don't know what to say. That was just such a waste. It didn't have to happen. John Belushi. A lot not. of them. Just just like uh, Chris Farley. Yeah. You know, 
He will be ever forever in my brain as Matt Foley, motivational speaker. And it's a very, very different situation than like Robin Williams. Yeah. Very, very, yeah. very different. Did, a lot of them had different situations. They really did. And each one deserves its own recognition. Call attention to different problems. Um, you know, it, it's all of them are sad. Whether they, whether they did it on purpose, whether they did it without thinking about it, whether they just fell into um, a hole, whatever the case might be. It's sad. Yeah. So bring this back onto topic again, because this this now allows me to kind of dip into a piece that uh, we started to delve over into the auto-tune question. Because auto-tune is, again, it's one of those things where you can use this technology in an artistic way. A lot haven't. But the piece that was getting to me was where I had said that Autotune is one piece of it, but in the mid-80s, there was a new sound technology that was coming through for instruments. And some people might remember it's called MIDI, Musical yeah. Instrument Digital Interface. And MIDI was a glorious piece of technology. It allowed instrumentalists, especially keyboard artists, for one thing, to, to daisy chain together the digital output of several keyboards. I forget how many it was. Several keyboards simultaneously, one into the next, one into the next, one into the next. So you, you remember seeing these, uh, these, uh, these guys, especially in the eighties and, and later. No, uh, you would see them in the seventies where they have got on stage. They've got these racks of keyboards in front of them, just stacked one on top of the next on top of the next. And they're kind of like staggered up above each other. In the seventies, these things were generally speaking their own individual. Let's call them synthesizers for the moment. Some of them were. Some of them were just electric pianos of some kind or other, but be this it may. But when the eighties came along and the, the instruments became digital more than analog, there was a way of actually daisy chaining these things so that you could play one keyboard in front of you, but it would actually be controlling the sound output from another one down the rack. Because that one had the sound that you wanted, even though this one was the one that was in front of you. And that was only one aspect that was utilized. One of the greatest things for me was finding out that there were new instruments that were being built that were just, they, they behaved as if it were their analog counterparts, but they were all digital. Uh, for instance, I forget what it was called, but there was a wind instrument. It looked like it had been a clarinet that had been built by Automan. 
For those of you that don't know who Auto Man is, you're young. Get the fuck off my lawn. Um, <laughs> I thought Auto Man was cool. I used to watch it with my dad. Yeah, Auto Auto Man was was he, he was Desi Arnaz's kid. I mean, what are you gonna do? Auto Man in the eighties was a superhero. He was a digital creation. Uh, kind of think of Tron, but in reverse. This character came from the computer systems into real life, and well, they, they stuff like that. Anyway, and his and his car was awesome. It had two speeds: uh, stop and go. And then when it made turns, it literally made ninety degree turns. Yeah, which was very bad for anybody that was analog inside because they get shoved into the window. But be this as it may, so it looked like it could have been a clarinet. But it was, instead of being a rounded tube, it was square. It was a square, a a rectangular cylinder to the bottom. No sound actually got produced out of it, but it had an electronic wire that came out of it that went to a control system. And the control system was what generated the sound for it. So for us to go ahead and say that, you know, well, music sucks because they're using artificial generation for stuff or, or artificial manipulation and stuff. Nah, it, again, I don't like autotune for the way that it's been used. I think autotune is actually a pretty cool piece of tech, but using it to, um, artificially smooth out bad performances, that's called cheating and that's wrong that's what i have a problem with you have a lot of people now that use it to cheat that actually have no talent and they're making lots and lots and lots of money yeah disturbed uh the music band um they don't like to use autotune and when they did the sound of silence um Unbeknownst to them, autotune was used in, the, in just a few tiny little areas there, which uh, apparently made them a little upset with the studio. Good. Yeah. That, that's yeah. that's actually really cool to hear. You yeah. you guys want to hear uh, somebody that is good with a performance where you have to sit back and just go, "Holy shit!" Listen to the studio recordings of. Earth, Wind, and Fire's song, um, September. Yeah, that's beautiful. I I still like it. <laughs> um, you you want to hear something that's uh that's also probably even better. Seriously, even better. There is a group that started in I think they started in the seventies. I forget when it was. A group called Tower of Power. Tower of Power had produced a song, very popular song, very famous song, What is Hip? And back in the 90s, yeah, the Drew Carey Show did a music video with this song. What is Hip? Done by Tower of Power. Tower of Power is a music group built entirely out of studio musicians 
if you went to a record label and said, we're going to go ahead and we're going to produce an album. First off, they would kick you out. Second, they would have somebody finally scope you out and give you a contract and bring you into their studio. Their on-staff studio musicians are the ones you would come in, you would hand them the music for the song that you want to perform with them and record. The guys would say, okay, give us about 10, 15 minutes. 15 minutes come by. The guys would be just like, okay, we're ready to go. Let's go ahead. Let's record it. One take. Done. They were good. You want to hear good with no digital fucking around with? Tower Power is one way to go. Earth, Wind, and Fire, another way to go. Kansas, another way to go. Stuff from the 70s? Yes. I mean... It was all analog stuff, except for the guys. That, no, sorry. Even the synthesizers were still using a, a lot of analog stuff at that point. Quakefield was, if you remember him from Yes, and had all of those <laughs> just masses of keyboards everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And he's still touring, by the way. Oh, it doesn't surprise me. And then you got people like. He's um, like 90 years old. He's not really 90, but yeah, he's. He's been what? He's been in the gig for like fifty years. Hmm. And there's so much stuff now that's done digitally that was done um, analog, reverb, echo, uh, stuff like that. Done the 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 echo effect that I use on this microphone, which I have now turned on to the point that I typically do when I'm doing online radio DJ sound effect. This is being done digitally in the mixer board that I've got now. This sound used to be done by hooking up a coil spring, not too very different from a slinky, and allowing the sound to generate from one end of the wire down the spiral to the other one to get enough reverb to make the sound of the voice fill out a little bit. Now I've just turned it off. There, there's an actual children's toy that looks like a oversized plastic microphone that has a spring coil inside of it. Yep. And you're supposed to uh, sing into it, and it does that effect. Yep, that's exactly it. Does it. It, to, it does it to a degree. It's, it's Granted, it's a children's toy. It's not that high quality. Uh, but but it gives you a good idea of, of what it sounds like and what it does. Um, there there's a weird uh, device that uh, you'd actually put a tube in your mouth while you were singing, and it give you effect uh, a sound effect that uh, uh, Daft Punk's uh, better, faster, harder. Uh, work it. Uh, yes. Just I'll just stop at work it because my brain is mush right now, and um, but there's also a digital version of that, so analog and then yeah, talk box. There you go. Thanks. Yes, and there is a gentleman that did a music video specifically with the talk box. I really? will find that video. I will put it in the show notes because that video was that song was glorious to listen to, and I will make sure that we get. Uh, after we get off the air, I'm going to make sure that I find it so that these guys can take a listen to it because it was so much fun. The guy was cool. so good at it. I look forward to that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but it will be in the show notes as well. 
Uh, we're getting pretty close to the uh, uh, to having to close out stuff. Wow, uh, that I, I I was not expecting to end up this way. Uh, Joseph, you've been gone for a little bit. Uh, I think now's probably a good time uh, to throw it your way. If there's something that you want to drop in here that, you know, for you works on the topic that we haven't hit. I mean, what better opportunity to make sure that you actually, you know, earn your keep tonight? Well, I haven't. I'm sorry. I'm kidding. I'm teasing. Nobody here gets paid, so, I mean, it doesn't matter. I want to raise. So do I. I'll talk to the boss. Okay. Uh, he just told me that, uh, yeah, no. Well, for me, at least. You mean he didn't actually guarantee me a 1,000% pay hike? Uh, not until he ends up talking to HR about it. But what's 1,000 times zero? Well, that depends on how big the zero is. Oh, okay. All right. Um... I'll get out my sandwich board then. Uh, yeah, nothing really much to add. Nope. Not this week. Uh, kind of, uh, I was kind of slow to the mark, but it's been a rather trying last, uh, three weeks. There uh, is that. Me being, with me being at the castle last weekend and not getting back till Sunday night and then straight to work on Monday. So. Okay. Yeah. You all take care, and uh, well, see you all next week. Well, wasn't exactly putting it into closing mode, but since you got it started there, um, tech any 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 last thing for you to drop in? Um. Hmm. No, we're not going to talk no. about how how pretty a token ring setup is. <laughs> yeah, that that's okay. Mention token ring to kids these days, and they're like, you, you, "You get high in a circle." You kids don't know what a vax concentrator is. Don't talk to me. See, he's he's snickering. He knows. Uh, I don't have hands-on experience, but <laughs> I do know the the, 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 the uh, material. I'm, I'm book-learned on some things. Still younger than you, so... I'll get off your lawn in a moment. Uh, <laughs> I hate it when he's right. Yeah, I, I, oh, did I have a rude awakening of just how old uh, I am, even though I'm young? I was talking with one of my coworkers. We were talking about birthdays. We were mentioning years and such. I mentioned mine. And they, and one of the guys who I work under, okay, so this guy's above me authority-wise, but uh, uh, he's been doing the he, – he, he does a good job. I don't hold that against him. Uh, he opens his mouth, and this comes out. Oh, yeah, my mom's two years younger than you. <laughs> so I, I you know I can't leave that alone <laughs> by the way your uh, automatic noise cancellation uh, canceled that slam out yeah we didn't hear it but I saw it it was okay it. it's okay but, the uh, audience heard it 
I, I wasn't going to let that sl just slide. So I looked at him and go, so what you're saying is, is I could be your daddy. And the, and the really funny part about it is, is our skin tones are like polar opposite. <laughs> he goes, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> we I had the office asked. in hysterics over that one. <laughs> I would have answered, so, so dating is out of the question. <laughs> not nope mm -mm, nope not mm -mm, not me no 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 i don't I, I, well, first off i have a girlfriend so band <sighs> i don't date more than one person at any given time okay that's fine yeah i wouldn't know how to juggle that mess I was a juggler. I could juggle bowling pins. I could juggle knives, torches while they were on fire. Do not ask me to juggle the drama of multiple uh, people in my life in, in, in a romantic relationship because that ain't going to freaking happen. I, I'm not. No, I'm nowhere near that good. See, this is where it gets to be fun. Juggle relationships, juggle Claymore Mines. Uh, I'll go with the Claymore Mines. Every time. Every yeah, oh, time. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Because if you drop it, it won't go off. <laughs> See, I eat stupid. See? Um, <laughs> yeah, you got to have something to pull the pin out. And Bridget, anything for you other than, you know. <laughs> Sorry, there's an inside uh, joke. I just, I, I wish that I was one of these artistically creative people, and I'm just not. I have a lot of admiration for people who are, but I do well to draw a stick figure. It's not even a very good stick figure because the head is all like weird shaped. I can't even draw an oval or a circle. And, you know, I've tried photography, it did more. I, I've taken exactly two pictures that I like. And they were just lucky that they came out well because they're, I just, you know, and I've tried painting. I've tried drawing. I can't compose music. I can't do anything like that. I can MacGyver the heck out of stuff. But that's, you know, that's where my creativity starts and stops. So people like Joseph, I'm really envious of. Well, you know, it just it takes it takes work. That's all. But you still have to have a little bit of natural talent in there to get started. Well, what do you call natural talent? Uh, you know, you've got to have a starting point somewhere, and like if you have someone that's musically adroit, you know, that's or maladroit. There's really not much fixing it without a lot of, you know, outside help. Yeah, you know, some just, people are no, just, just really gifted at it. Some people are I, not, and that is not my gift. Don't start with bad ideas. That's all. Okay. With preconceptions. Somebody asked me about a few weeks ago. Probably told this story before. Well, if somebody asked me, "How do you become a photographer?" Somebody asked me that, like. 15, 20 years ago, I'd have, probably have some long diatribe. But um, 
it was the the daughter of the principal shareholder of the the castle who asked me, "Oh, I want it. I'm interested in photography now. I want, how do I become a photographer?" And I just said, "Take lots of pictures, and you're going to fail. Like anything, you're going to fail, and that's how you learn. So, don't expect amazing results from the get go, because you'll only be disappointed." It does take work and practice, but you, you know, I think you need some natural inclination in there. You know, everybody is good at something, and there are some people that are never going to be able to sing well, no matter what they do, because they just can't sing. You know, we all have our different talents, and mine is not artistic. It's and you have to be your own worst critic. You can't let somebody else decide for you whether you're good or not. Well, no. You you eventually do, but before anybody else decides for you whether you're good or not, you have to know whether you what you're doing is of any quality. Just work at it. That's all. That's fair. Let me finish off with this force. Looking at art is really a tough thing sometimes art is the is is the i'm trying to i'm I'm trying to think of the right way of describing it you know what screw it i'll I'll just use what uh, what my uh, uh my high school orchestra teacher had said the purpose of music at least that's what he was talking about, but it goes for art, is to evoke an emotional response from the consumer. That's the point of it. And some stuff is good, some stuff is bad. I enjoy... I enjoy a lot of different musics. I have also said, on many an occasion, when I'm DJing, I will not voluntarily play anything from Pink Floyd. Even though I have had a lot of people who have just been, what, how could you possibly, you, you, you absolute, uh, you absolute heathen, you. Pink Floyd's music, for lack of a better way of putting it, creeps me the hell out. To that angle, Pink Floyd music is outstanding at being good art. It evokes in me a very, very unhappy response, but it evokes in me. So to that angle, Pink Floyd is one of those that's really, really good music in that angle. But it's not for me. And for some people, they want that. And, you know, more power to them as far as I'm concerned. But it's just not for me. For some people, nature photography just, eh, just doesn't work for them. But, you know, it's, it's pretty what's done. Okay. You know, I get that too. But there's another side to it from the opposite side, the generation part. If you take your preconceived notions away and you look at what does this do and how can I make it do that? you start to come up with some really 
amazing things. A guitar, we know how it's supposed to be played. Sometimes it's played left-handed instead of right-handed. Okay, that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. There's a specific way it's supposed to be tuned. Okay, well, other people tune it differently. Okay, you know, that's fine. But then you end up getting different technological ways of getting it to produce music. Most notably, we've seen how Eddie Van Halen did it, and he wasn't nearly the first one to do the whole hammer-on thing. Not nearly the first one, but he is arguably the most famous for it. It's a matter of how do you make the tool work. And sometimes there is more than one way of doing it. There usually is more than one way of doing it. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. But again, how the tool makes its craft for everyone else depends on the person using it. You don't have to be a vocalist. You don't have to be an instrumentalist. You don't even have to be an art producer. But believe it or not, letting somebody who does produce an art, letting them know that you appreciate it, is something that doesn't happen often enough. So feel free to drop somebody a note sometime. Who knows? Maybe you'll make their day. So with that, it's time to get out of here. And thank you all for being with us. We hope that you had yourself a fun time with us and you got something to think about for the week ahead. Especially considering how difficult it was just to get to tonight's show for me. So thanks for being with us. Guys, thank you very much. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have anybody else uh, over on the live chat, which it's a little disappointing. But you know what? It happens. Well, you know why that was? Because we didn't have the keyword vaccine in the show. You know, we forgot the hashtags. Well, I didn't. I did. Okay. Okay. You didn't put hashtags to bring in trolls. Okay. You know what? That's fine. Give me shit for that. That's fine. We didn't talk Probably about cult. anything about art. What's the point? Okay. Oh, trust me, you okay. have not lived until you've hit the trolls on the music scenes. <laughs> Could be worse. I'm not going to... Okay, you know what? I'm just going to leave it right there. I acknowledge that it could be worse. That's yeah. all oh, we need yeah. to go with. Yeah, it could be a lot worse. And now I've got in my head one of the last episodes of My Little Pony, Shut Up a Second, where one of the characters actually said, well, I, I forget exactly what it was, what they said, but it was basically to the effect of, I mean, it couldn't be, it couldn't be worse, could it? And all of the other characters gave the deadpan look back and the snarky little dragon who went ahead and said, haven't we learned that we never say this? Even they were knowing full well, you don't do that. You don't tempt the great God Murphy. Why? Because the great God Murphy, that's why. Joseph, thank you. Have a good morning. 
welcome back to you know home and you too yeah you too yeah you have you have a uh, you have a safe week man you take good care of yourself stay safe out there um i'm trying it tech thank you glad you could make it you have yourself uh you have a fun time snuggling with your little purr factories there Absolutely. Love kitties. Yeah. I was going to make a back Mrs. Slocum joke, but I don't think anybody is, uh, anybody would get it. Yeah. I, I shared a, a link in the uh, host chat here. If anybody is interested, there's a YouTube video. Uh, it's a 24 hour live stream of uh, three different cameras on cats. And some of them are little baby kittens that are nursing. They're twitching while they're sleeping, and it's called Kitten Academy, and it is just so adorable. All right. Well, everybody needs some stress relief, you know? And it's just so cute. No, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Um, So, anyway, I guess, is this where I'm supposed to... Yes, it is. ...do my thing? All of you people on Twitter tonight who were giving, you know, uh, George W. Bush shit for speaking the truth and comparing, you know, the insurrectionists to, you know, the terrorists that hit us on uh, 9-11. Go fuck yourselves. He's right. I never thought I would say that I agree with anything that W. had to say, but he is right. Go fuck yourselves. Uh, and, we- and if you're planning on doing this again on 916, just I hope that you all get your asses in jail or something. Yes, you know, there needs to be some consequences because this is this has gotten beyond ridiculous. Yeah. Can can we also add on to that one uh, amongst the others that we would normally hit anyway? The woman that was snarky and at at the at the 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 school meeting where one of the students went up to talk to beg for the mask mandates because his grandmother his died of covid his words because somebody wasn't wearing a mask it turns out by the way that particular personality was found out and was subsequently fired from the job that they had because People pointed out to the company, "Hey, um, is this a kind of uh, is this a kind of personality you want working for you?" And they looked it out, and they're just like, um, "Yeah, no, no." So um, they can go, they can go away. Um, all, all you people that are causing you know problems like this, I mean, just fuck yourselves, and and I hope that you know that the fuck around and find out happens to you, and you find out. There's actually a uh, hospital getting ready to shut down its uh, baby ward because the the nurses can't handle it. Wow. My God, the neonatal wards. I hadn't even really thought about that. Damn. Yeah, and, uh, you know, just a little PSA out there. uh, People who are not vaccinated who are pregnant you know, at, when you're high, at higher risk of dying from COVID, and two, 
there's an increase in states like Mississippi and Tennessee where they're having, you know, these women that are pregnant dying. And not only are they dying, but, you know, their baby's also dying because of, you know, baby suffocating. So there's that. That sucks. All, all you quote unquote pro life people that are, you know, also pushing anti mask mandates and against vaccines and all that because you're quote unquote pro life. Fuck yourselves too because you're not pro life. You're pro fetus. Pro birth. Well, they're pro fetus. As soon as the, as soon as, you know, a baby pops out the sheet, they don't give a shit about the baby. Um, pro minding other people's business. That too. Controlling other people's lives. Yeah. On the opposite side of it, uh, by the way, and, and thank you, hon. You have, uh, you have a, a safe week, I hope, by the way. Well. On the opposite angle of that, let's just give a massive thumbs up to all you folks on social media who have been finding these malicious persons documenting them and putting them through the Bigfoot effect. People say they don't, they're not out there. They're they're They don't exist. The people who are coughing in public intentionally because they're trying to get their way with stuff only to have them filmed and found out about and have their employers contacted to find out, is this the kind of person that is representative of your company? Only for the company to go ahead and say, you know what? We investigated it. Yeah, this person doesn't, uh, doesn't respect our, our values. So, uh, yeah, they're not with us anymore. I know full well that this is one of those kinds of things that Dallin worries about and rails about. I get that. But as we've also said, First Amendment protection does not prevent you from getting slapped back by society. Oh, well. So anyway, have consequences. Yes, they most assuredly do. So everybody, thank you for being with us. We'll be looking forward to talking to you again next week. If you'd like to take a swing over to the website for contact information and to get the audio version of the podcast, swing on over to holycrapthevlogcast.com. If you'd like to leave a voicemail message, phone number is 859-HCTV-554, 859-4288-554. And we will look forward to talking again next week. What is the topic going to be? I have no freaking clue. Never do. But We'll come up with something. Who knows? Maybe it'll actually even be something that's uh, worthy of a true deep dive into our collective psyches and such. We'll figure it out. But in any case, please stay safe. We look forward to talking to you again next week. I can talk. I really can. I need to get everything done before I go to sleep because I don't want to fall asleep directly under my keyboard and have QWERTY-itis when I wake up. So until the next time we get together, everyone, as always. I wish you the peace I no longer have. I wish you the strength that I've learned. I wish you well. My lady, too damned many years later, I am still in love. Matane Fujin, I love you. I miss you. 
treatment of me. And until the next time we get together, everyone, as always, good night. You've been listening to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Feel free to leave a comment at the show's website at holycrapthevlogcast.com, where you'll also find links to our Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter pages. Theme music is Twisted by Kevin McLeod, available at incompetech.com. And on behalf of all of us here, thank you for listening.